Welcome to Transformation. I'm Don Wick from the Red River Farm Network, your host for this podcast series. This project is a partnership between the Red River Farm Network, the Minnesota Department of Agriculture, and numerous stakeholders throughout our region. There is a, a lot of change, a lot of uncertainty in agriculture today. And in this edition of Transformation, we're hearing a story of survival from Teresa Gilley, who farms at Hallock in extreme northwestern Minnesota. My husband and I, back in uh, 2016, we were really struggling with our farm. Um, on April 1st, well, I should say that the winter of 16-17, of we were talking about trying to restructure our farm and um, kind of got to the point that maybe we'd just have to quit. And... Um, you know, farmers are, are really good at acquiring assets. <laughs> Just that when times get tough, we use our working capital up, and we didn't have it. We didn't, we didn't have a lot of extra working capital left, and and it just got to be too much of a struggle. So we actually talked about quitting farming. Well, April first, um, the day our mortgage was due, um, Keith killed himself. Uh, not a great day. I found him uh, on a. Not well traveled gravel road on April first, um, and uh, and my life changed. Um, uh, it's not a pleasant thing. It is the worst thing uh, he could have done. Um, I feel bad looking back now. There was a lot of signs. There was there were signs like he wasn't sleeping. Um, he was nervous about a lot of things. He would you know kind of ramble on, and I and some of it just didn't make much sense. Um, and uh, but. Yeah, and now my life is different, um, and I've had to readjust my life now. Uh, still trying to, I still have days that are that are hard days. I it's kind of like being on a roller coaster you don't get to get off of. Um, but uh, uh, small egg communities are very interesting. Rural communities are are you know they, it's kind of a come to the rescue kind of thing. Um, had neighbors and friends that. Um, wanted to help me farm because with, with, with it being April, um, didn't have a lot of time to try to rent my land out, let alone figure out a new plan now because um, Keith changed the plan. Right. Uh, you know, we, we were talking, we talked to Dennis Bolisky about um, selling the equipment right before he went, right before he did what he did. And um, so, I mean, so we were seriously thinking about doing this in a hurry well there the hurry came to a stop pretty fast and uh, but then of course I had my neighbors to the rescue because that's how small communities are especially small rural farming communities and the neighbors uh, I had a lot of people that came lots of love lots of supplies lots of help um, and uh, and now I'm farming with two of my neighbors <laughs> who have been sharing who've been sharing equipment for quite a few years so I'm sharing equipment and working with them obviously the attention goes to Keith but uh you're the survivor, so like you said, your life changed that day as well. Yeah, um, the life I knew no longer existed. It took me uh, probably four or five months to figure out that the that the life I had wasn't coming back. You know, it's kind of like building building blocks, and it would just crash down once in a while. It's like, God, why can't I just get my life going? Well, the problem was that I was trying to get my old life going. And so in my head, I had to come to the conclusion that I only get to move forward with a new life, and I don't ever get to have my old life back. I mean, Keith and I met, we were nine, I was 19 years old. You know, we met in college and um, got married. I was 22. Um, so we were married for 32 years and five months to the day. That's a long time. Um, but, uh, 
yeah, my, my, so now I not only did the life I knew end, now I get to try to struggle to build a new life. Um, and, uh, it's a, it's a grind. Also with that, um, I figured out that I don't get to have the old me back either. Um, because I, I used to tell people, I said, I really miss the old me. I don't have the energy I had. I'm still dealing with, um, my life has a lot of ups and downs still. Um, and you don't show it to everybody. Everybody says, you look like you're doing really good. Yeah, today, you know. Um, what I really like people to understand is that, you know, the survivor deals with a lot. And they're, and I'm on a journey that, you know, wasn't my choice. But I am on a journey to make my life happy again. And um, there's days it's a real struggle. I'm sure since this has happened, you've had others share that same experience. You've been a resource to, to people going through your, your same journey. What do you want them to know? I want them to know that they're not alone. And it's, it's a really crappy thing that happened to them, and it wasn't their fault, and there isn't a moment that they don't feel guilty. There is, I tell people, I said, there is not a day that I don't feel guilty. I know in my head that what Keith did was, his, was by his own doing. But my heart tells me something else. And so when you lose somebody that's been your life partner, and you and like for me, I've been in business with too, um, you know, my heart tells me that I should have seen it, that I should have prevented it. And I think women are really bad at that, just <laughs> being a woman that's, that works in the field and, and helps. And any, any woman that, you know, that if, if you've been, been their wife or whatever, um, there isn't a moment that you don't feel guilty. There isn't a moment that I don't want to fix it. I wish I could fix it, but I don't get to. Tracy, you were our uh, integral part of that farming operation. A lot of farm wives that have experiences may not have that same experience. How should, what should they do really as it relates to the business, to the, relates to the family? Well, first of all, um, I was fortunate that I was as involved with my farm as I am. I'm 50% owner of my farm. Now I'm 100% owner of my farm. But um, the first thing I want them to understand is that they're not alone. Um, there's a series of us out there, and I would really like to get some of us together just so that we understand the network that we, that we are. Second of all is you don't have to make any financial decisions right away. Don't make them right away. Um, give it some time. You need some time to heal, especially some time to heal and start thinking because your brain doesn't work very well after a situation like that. I know mine didn't. Um, there's... I'm, I hope to get some resources put together because there's farm wives out there that don't understand what percentage of the farm their husband was. They don't understand the balance sheet. You know, um, what banker are you using? Um, what other assets do you have? You know, those decisions can come down the line. But I'm hoping that, that we can put some things together in the future so that um, so we have a line of, of uh, resources for, for somebody that, gets to be the survivor in this. You know, a lot of farm wives are deal also dealing with their children. You know, I was not, I shouldn't say lucky. Lucky's not a good word. I was, um, my son is an adult. So um, I don't have to deal with small children. I don't have to deal with my son every day. Um, he has a job. It's not at home. He, he has his jobs in Thief River. I talk to him two, three times every day. But um, I don't have to take care of his daily needs. There's a lot of farm wives that still have 
children to take care of, they have, you know, elderly parents, they have, you know, and right now they need to take care of themselves, but they really need their, their friend and family network to, to help them along the way and to be able to ask for help because we're not good about asking for help either. People want to help or ask, they don't know what to say a lot of times. What, would you, what advice do you give to people? What, I, what advice I give to most people is I, I don't mind you asking. Please ask. I would rather you ask me something than assume. And um, I am poor to ask for help. But as I have learned, I've been doing this now for a year and almost 10 months. And I am learning that, you know what, I'm going to ask for help today because today's not a good day. And um, it isn't something you get over. It's something you live with. Um, and as... I hope in the in the years to come, it's not going to be in the months to come, in the years to come that um, I feel stronger. I feel stronger today than I did back when it happened. Um, but they're like any, most people, they have ups and down days, just that, you know, you're going to have some really low days, but there is some sunshine ahead. I know you had a chance to talk with other groups and meet with lawmakers and those kind of things. Are there resources that can be done at that level or those kind of things that can be uh, helpful? Well, I'm, I'm hoping so. I'm hoping to meet with Extension so that we can put together almost like a resource packet. Uh, there isn't a lot of resources still for if, some, if somebody is stressed out. If somebody's stressed out and they're supposed to go see a counselor, they're not going to pay $150 an hour to, to see a counselor. If money's tight, that's going to be the first thing off the block, okay? It's not going to be, it's like, well, I think we need to spend $150 on it. You know, it's not going to happen. So we need to have some resources available right now. I think there's two counselors in, in the state of Minnesota. Boy, that's not very many for the amount of farm stress that we're having. Um, and, and it could be a deal. We just need them for a few years just to kind of get us through this really rough patch. And, um, and hopefully maybe we can get some more resources going that way so we can offer so that the help's easily available and um, not overly expensive. Anything else we should be sharing with folks that you want to make sure we, any message you want to make sure we leave people with? Well, just uh, watch out for your neighbors. Uh, just look for, look for anything that's a little bit um, what you wouldn't think was normal in their character. Uh, if they're trying to be a little more isolated, uh, if you, if this this spring or if you see if you see a, a neighbor or whatever and they're struggling with something, go and ask. Say, hey, you know, I could help you with that. And you'd be surprised that one little moment might be all it takes. Well, like I said, you are a survivor, and I can't thank you enough for sharing your story. Well, thank you, Don. I I hope to get the story out some more, and I hope to I hope in the future that we can just bring some more awareness. And I got to tell you, I don't want anybody to live with what I've lived with. Again, our sincere thanks to Teresa Gilly for sharing her very personal story. A reminder with these crazy markets, the weather we've had this spring, farm transitions, stress is a reality on the farm. There are a lot of people who do want to help and can lend an ear. It may be friends, family, clergy, and others. Of course, Sometimes it's easier to talk to somebody you don't know, and a free, confidential Minnesota Farm and Rural Helpline is available available 24-7. All calls are answered by trained staff and volunteers. The helpline number is 833-600-2670. That number again, 833-600-2670. You can also visit minnesotafarmstress.com. 
Links are available on the Red River Farm Network website, rrfn.com forward slash transformation. Transformation, a partnership between the Minnesota Department of Agriculture and the Red River Farm Network. This project is funded by the National Institute of Health, the Great Plains Center for Agricultural Health, and numerous stakeholders across our region, including the Minnesota Soybean Growers Association, North Dakota Wheat Commission, and the Minnesota Farmers Union. Until next time, I'm Don Wick.